0: Have you ever noticed that, like, the most negative voices in our lives are always the loudest? You ever noticed that? Uh, maybe uh, a voice is still in your head, you know, from many, 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 many years ago. Maybe it was when you were growing up, and, you know, maybe it was a coach that told you that you never could, that you didn't have the ability. Maybe it was a neighbor that made fun of you. I, I remember for me, I remember what it was like to be on a church bus. And I really wasn't into the Jesus thing at all, but I was singing, you know, to the top of my lungs, and I was so proud. And a guy turned around and said, well, you shut up. You can't carry a tune in a bucket. And you know what? I did shut up. And the singing's always been one of those things that literally petrifies me, that loud voice in my head. I still hear that, that voice in my head. I was probably 13 years old at the time. Maybe it's a parent. Uh, you know, parents struggle. I don't know if you're a child, it's hard to believe that your parents struggle, but parents struggle and because we struggle, and sometimes we put our struggles on our kids. So maybe it was a voice, that that voice, that negative voice, even from a parent, who was trying everything they could to to instill in you a desire, a want to, to be better, to do better. And you still hear that, that voice in your head. Or, or maybe it's the voice of the old devil himself who tries to speak lies about who you really are and it it's interesting when the devil does that because what he'll do is he'll actually take some truth come on y'all with me anybody out there he'll actually take some truth he'll look at you and he'll pick out the flaws he'll pick out the sin and then he'll remind you of it and he'll 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 say who who are you who are you to think that you could ever be you know and so then you will have this overwhelming sense you know, sense of I'll never, he's right. And, and then what we forget, though, is what we really forget what the cross was for and, and what the blood of Jesus did. And even even though some of us may be schooled in theology and we know about the power of the blood in redemption, in spite of all of that, it is that loud voice in your head that you just... It drowns out the voice of God. And sometimes, at least I'm just, you know, so much, I, don't, I hope I don't deliver sermons. I hope I deliver messages. And I hope that what you hear from me, especially today, is just the things that I've learned in my walk with Jesus. Because what I've learned, those negative voices can be so loud that they can drown out the voice of God, the gentle whisper of God, when he tells you that he loves you. You want to hear his voice. You really, really do. I don't care where you come from, what your perspective is. You, you want to hear God's voice because his voice is, it is a voice of love. And it's a voice of power. It's a voice of, of healing and wisdom. <clears throat> it's a voice of joy. And, and even, even this morning, even this morning for me, I thought, I left out a word, freedom. It's a voice of Freedom. Now, I gotta be honest, sometimes it's the voice of conviction. Aren't you glad I told you? We were doing so good, weren't we? We were all woo. But here's the thing. I was somehow taught as a kid that even for those of us that are followers of Jesus, that the voice of conviction really is not a voice of conviction, it's a voice of condemnation. That's what I grew up thinking. And so I, would, I didn't want to hear the voice of God. I didn't want to be near the voice of God because all I knew about the voice of God was that it was a condemning voice, not just a convicting voice, but God was always pointing out all of my flaws, and I had plenty of flaws. What I failed to see was that that voice of conviction really is a voice, it's a voice of protection. It's a voice of love, not spoken in anger, but spoken in love. And I miss that. So it's always a voice that you want to hear. Pastor Mark Batterson says this. I think it's powerful. He said, if you aren't willing to listen to everything God has to say, eventually you won't hear anything God has to say. And I would say that if you want to hear his loving, comforting voice, then you're going to have to be willing to listen to his convicting voice. Problem is, is I've heard way too many people over the years, and I love what I do, and I love what I do, and I love the people that I get to do it with. So so many of you that are just you know struggling in your walk with God. Some of you that don't have a relationship with God at all, and yet you still continue to continue to teach me what that what that freshness of that walk is. And I've talked to people over the years who would say, you know what? Here's the thing: God doesn't speak to me. I mean, I've tried. (laughs) <laughs> I've tried to listen to his voice The thing of it is God just doesn't speak to me And my response is always the same Oh he's speaking I promise he's speaking I remember somebody told me That there's a 400 year period Between the Old Testament and the New Testament I learned this when I was in, uh, in seminary They call it the silent period That haunted me you know. Like the, so there's always this period in your life When God is silent Well is it that God is silent Or I just can't hear him No, he's speaking. Maybe the reason that you don't hear him is because of all those loud, negative voices that are drowning out his whisper. Or maybe you're like me, you're just afraid to hear his voice. But what I've learned over the years is this, is that often what we don't want to, is what we want to hear the least is what we need to hear the most. So in the series it's, oh man, this is such a sweet series. We should have saved it to the fall. Right, we should be doing some lame stuff in the summer and do some really cool stuff. (laughs) I'm just kidding, kind of. So this series is all, it's a series about hearing the voice of God. How do I hear his voice? And it's birth. So much of my own experience. So 1 Kings 19 says, The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Wow. That's pretty cool right there, isn't it? Like, if you got a notice and said, you know, Jesus is going to like pass in front of your house, you'd want to go out and kind of see, check things out, right? Like if it was a presidential motorcade and we knew that right now that the president was probably, you know, he and and all his folks were going to be, they were going to pass right in front of Springwell, we probably would all run out there, Right? What would it it be like if if suddenly you knew that God was about to pass by? God is about to pass by. Okay, I'll get you there. (laughs) Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. And I remember the first time I read this, before I knew the rest of this text, the first time I read that I thought, finally, God's going to speak in his outside voice. You know what I mean? Woo! Finally, a voice I can hear because that was part of my struggle. It's, I, don't, I don't know if it's God's voice or not. So I need him to be loud, you know. But it says the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't, God wasn't in the earthquake either. After the earthquake came a fire and the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a, What? So I have to confess that there have been tons and tons and tons of times in my life when I have wanted, no, I have needed for God to speak, me, speak to me in some over the top, very dramatic way. I, you know, I, did, I, did I want it to be an earthquake? I don't know that I wanted it to be an earthquake, but I wanted to, the, the ground to shake a little bit. You know, I, did, it, did I want a hurricane? Did I I want a tornado? Probably not, but I at least wanted more than a gentle breeze. Are are you with me? I needed God to speak to me in some over-the-top, dramatic way so that I could be sure that it was God. That was my problem. I couldn't be sure. Because hearing a whisper, hearing a whisper isn't easy. I think we usually think of someone who's hard of hearing as someone who's old. And uh, actually, last year I became concerned. I had a few people to tell me that they thought that I was getting hard of hearing. <laughs> this is really kind of funny. And uh, so, so I, I believed them. I said, you know, I guess I can't hear. So I decided to go to a hearing <laughs> specialist. I did. <laughs> I don't have any. I don't have a hard time here. <laughs> I found out that what I have is actually selective hearing. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. And maybe that's mostly true in the physical world, that the older you get, the more difficult it is to hear. But honestly, I think the opposite is true in the spiritual sense, in the spiritual sense. I mean, I think that that for me, I struggled spiritually when I was young to hear the voice of God. It was when I was younger, not when I was like, you know, eight, nine years old. I thought I heard God clearly, but somewhere in church, I got confused. I there was so much sin, there was so many things. I, there was a short on the line. I remember her, one pastor said, there's a short on your prayer line. So God can't hear you and you can't hear God because of sin. And for me, if you were me, you thought, I ain't got a chance. I'll never hear the voice of God. <laughs> Have no idea what the cross really meant. What redemption really was. What Jesus accomplished on the cross. And so I struggled. I struggled because I was uncertain and insecure in my relationship with Jesus. So I couldn't be sure that it was his voice. And so I would lean in and I would strain to hear. But what I needed was for God to speak to me in his outside voice. That's what I needed. I I couldn't discern a whisper. I would lean in, I would try, but I wasn't sure that it was his voice. And I wasn't sure that the words were I wasn't sure I was getting it right. I needed God to speak to me in his outside voice. But God has mostly spoken to me in my life in a gentle whisper. For those of you that like this kind of thing, it's important to me at least. The Hebrew word for whisper can be translated silence or stillness or calmness. And the very same Hebrew word is used to describe the way that God delivers us from our distress. And so you know what, you don't use, I thought about this, you don't, you don't use you know, your outside voice to quiet a crying child, right? You don't say, shut up! I got, got some of you right there, you woke up, right? That's not what you do, right? What do you do? A, a child is crying, a child is screaming, and what do you do? You whisper to bring calm to chaos. And then when someone speaks in a whisper, it's an intimate thing. It's intimate because you have to lean in, and and you put your ear to that person's mouth. You want to make sure that you don't miss anything. And, you know, back in the day, especially old, you know, old-style church, people would come down on a Sunday. You know, we'd give the big public invitation, and people would come down, and The band would be playing, there would be so much noise, I would always lean in to make sure that I could hear what that person had to say. It creates intimacy, that thing called a whisper. We lean toward a whisper, and that's what God wants. This is huge for me. This was huge for me. The goal of hearing the Heavenly Father's voice isn't just hearing his voice, and that's all I knew as a child. Nobody ever told me anything else. It had nothing to do with intimacy. It had nothing to do with the relationship. It was leaning in to get instructions from God. That's what it was. God was going to give us our marching orders and go tell us what to do. And then I would struggle because I wasn't sure that I got it right. And I didn't know what he was telling me to do. And then it was always, always, those, vo- those words from God for me was always the kind of voice that didn't create intimacy, but it was always that negative voice of condemnation for me. Nobody ever said that, you know what, God speaks in a whisper because he wants you to lead in to him. He wants you to lean in. He wants you to pay attention to. He wants to create this beautiful, intimate relationship. He wants to be as close to us as divinely possible. He loves us. You've heard me say that before. But I, God's love, he has to love us. He didn't have a choice. I'm sure that, you know, there's days he got to go, boy, if I had a choice today. Actually, that wouldn't be God, because God is love. But not, not only does God love us, he likes us, and he can like us because of what happened on the cross, because of the, the redemptive power of the cross. Oswald Chambers, uh, some of y'all probably read a little bit behind Oswald. A lot of you haven't, but some of you have. You've got to love old Oswald, don't you? Here's what he once said. He said, The voice of the Holy Spirit is so gentle that unless you're living in perfect communion with God, you'll never hear it. I went, Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> I'm already struggling in my relationship. I'm already struggling in my insecurity with my relationship with God, that I'm never going to be good enough, that I'm straining to hear, but I'll never really hear. Why would God want to speak to somebody like me and then you confirm it? You know, Oswald, of all people, a super saint. Then he said this, he said, the checks of the Spirit come in the most extraordinary gentle ways, and if you're not sensitive enough to detect his voice, you'll quench it. I don't want to quench it. And then your, your personal spiritual life will be impaired. Oh my gosh, I don't want my, my personal spiritual life to be impaired, I want to hear God. I want to know God's call for my life. I, I want to know direction in my life. And then I thought, God, you're so much more concerned about loving me than you are about what you will accomplish through me. What does God need me for? He doesn't need me. He wants me. He wants me. He wants to be in a relationship with me, not like I'll be a pawn in his hand to be moved to and fro. And that's not it. He's the creator of the heavens and the earth. He doesn't need me for anything. What God wants from me is love. thought of missing his voice and quenching his spirit, messing things up for me and everybody I lead, it's just messed me up over the years. You know what's it like to be a pastor? You, you don't. I get it. You know, I stand before you that I say, I think God's called us to do this. God's led us to do that. That there's spiritual direction. You don't come on Sunday morning to hear great preaching, great music. You come to experience God. We've got to make sure that we get that right. We got to make sure that nothing, I mean nothing, absolutely nothing, gets in the way of that. We got to make sure that we listen to him and that we do exactly what he wants us to do the way that he wants us to do it and stop when it's time to stop and start when it's time to start. You know, I don't want to mess it up. So how do we, doggone it, how do we hear his voice? Right? That's why you're here. (laughs) I'm glad you asked. Psalm 46 gives us a really good first step. Here's what he says. You looking? Be still. Be still and know that I'm God. And so again, for those of you that like this kind of thing, God's people, this, this is in the imperative a way it's a way to command. So God's not saying, hey, it'd be cool if you were to be still. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying, I'd like to suggest to you, if you don't mind, if you could just like, be still and know that I'm God. No, it's a command. He says, be still and know that I am God. So what what is this word, be still? What does it mean? <coughs> it refers to that which is slack or to let drop. So we're being commanded to be still, to be slack, or to let drop. The problem with that for me is that I was raised that to be slack was a sin. That, I don't know if any of you were raised that way. I, that's the way I was raised. Idle hands are the devil's workshop, right? You know. Listen, man, you, you've got to work. Because to be slack is to be lazy. And we know that to be lazy is a sin. So are idle hands the devil's workshop? Let me take you to a passage in the New Testament. Let's kind of wrap this thing up. It's a beautiful passage that I think speaks to the heart of being still. Luke 10, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. Sounds like it's going to be a pretty sweet day for for Martha, right? She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had to say. So it looks like Mary is a good church-going lady. You know what I'm talking about? She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. It's interesting to me, and I should have done more study on this. interesting to me. Because what I put in my notes, and I noticed this over the last couple days, that really what I put, that she was sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him teach. It didn't say that he was teaching. It says that he was talking. Again, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because for me, my whole life, I guess the only thing I've ever thought about is every time that Jesus speaks, he's teaching. He's imparting truth. And we're to receive that truth. It never occurred to me that what Jesus might actually be doing would be in a conversation with somebody that, what she was doing was sitting at the feet of Jesus, just having a conversation, listening, and hinging on every word that he said. She got to get some rounding points for that, by the way, right? <laughs> but Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. So, if you're a godly woman who loves Jesus, what would you do if Jesus were coming to your house? You don't even have to be a godly woman. Let's just we this. We can scratch that one out, right? I mean, like if you're a woman. And you know that somebody really, really important is coming to your house. What are you going to do? Well, let me tell you, I know what Karen would do. I know what Karen would do if she knew that Jesus would coming to our house. She'd be killing us both with preparation. I mean, she would. The house would be immaculate. When I say immaculate, I'm not talking like the dishes have been washed and put away. I'm not talking that we vacuumed the carpet and did the hardwood. No, 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 no. Now, we, we'd be into the detail stuff. You with me? You wouldn't look up on a ceiling fan and see a little, you know, spider web. No. I mean, we would do the ceiling fans. We'd make sure the blinds were done. We would dust the baseboards. I mean, that house would be absolutely immaculate. I mean, it's Jesus, and he knows everything. He'd walk in going, I know there's a dust bunny behind that. <laughs> and the yard would be cut and trimmed before his arrival. I'm just telling you, fresh pine needles would, would be, you know, been put out. Uh, The house would be pressure washed. Maggie would get a bath. And she would be telling me, in my case, what not to wear. She'd say, you are not wearing that. I can't begin. I really can't begin to think of all the worry and the planning that would go into the meal. I mean, what what, what do you fix? We're in the South. What would you cook? What would you prepare? What meal would you prepare? Is that better? What, What would you fix? If you knew the king of kings, the creator of the heavens and the earth is coming to your house. I'm saying fried chicken. We all know Jesus was from the south. We know that. It's in the red word somewhere. You know, we got it figured out, right? And when Jesus arrived, I mean, I can't imagine. That would just be the preparation that would go into before that he got there. I mean, just getting things ready. And then if you've ever been to my house, you know this is true. My wife is a servant. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> she is a servant when you walk into our house she's taking care of you she's going to make sure that you've got a place to sit that she wants to make sure that you have enough i mean she's you know even after everybody's got their place of course you're going to get yours first you know i'm right behind you because she won't let me go in front of you but i'm just saying i'm just kidding. And then, and then, you know, I look at her and I think, baby, sit down, eat like everybody else. But no, she's, she's got that pitcher of water. She's got that pitcher of tea. You know, she's asking you, can I get you another piece of chicken? You know, can, can I? And then, and then there's a whole other thing that goes into the dessert. Lord, have mercy, sweet Jesus. I mean, it's an elaborate kind of thing. And then she, she always asks, do you want more? And listen, I'm not picking on Karen. I feel the exact same way. And so I would think, there's no time. What is this woman thinking? There's no time to be slack and let things drop. Jesus is in your house. We don't do lazy in our house. Never have, never will. You can just ask my girls. Then it says, she came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care? You see what I'm doing. You see my sister stinking lazy. It's kind of in the Greek. It's kind of there. That you care that my sister's left me to do all the work, and all is in there somewhere. I just know it is. All the work by myself. Tell her to help me. And I'm thinking, I'm with you, Martha. Stinking lazy Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus. You look spiritual, but I know you're just lazy. (laughs) But Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about so many things. But few things are needed. In fact, watch what he says. He said, indeed, there's only one thing that matters. And Mary, she's chosen what's better. And I'm not going to take it away from her. See, Mary had a, knew how to be still. She, she knew how to be slack. She knew how to drop some things. She wanted to listen to Jesus. And it's not like Martha didn't know Jesus was in the house. She did know. She was raised well. She wasn't lazy. She's a worker. She's a worker bee. She wanted things to be right for Jesus. I would want things to be right for Jesus. I would want Jesus to leave my house and go, wow, he served me well. But she missed her opportunity to hear his gentle whisper. I found this on the internet it's got to be true in a study of elementary age students at a grade school in Manhattan there was a psychologist her name was Arlene uh, Bronzaft and she found that children assigned to classrooms on uh, on the side of the school facing some train tracks were 11 months behind their counterparts on the quieter side of the building after New York City Transit installed noise abatement Equipment on the tracks, a follow up study was done. Check this out. There was no difference between the two groups. Once the noise was eliminated, it's not that one group of kids were smarter than the other group of kids, it was that they couldn't hear. They needed to learn how to to be quiet, they needed to learn how to be still, to drop some things, to be slack. So that they could hear. If you want to hear the gentle whisper of God, then you're gonna have to be still. I'm I'm a busy man. I, I wake up early and I start my day early. And I've been way too busy at times. This has kind of offended some people over the years. Probably not a great statement to make on a Sunday morning, but I stood on this stage, I don't know how many years ago now, I'd I'd hit a wall. It was a bad wall. I was burned out. I was toast. I took six weeks off. And for six weeks, I got quiet. I became very still. spoke I'm ashamed to say it but it's the truth it's the first time in my adult life that I can ever remember God whispering in my ear I was on a beach on this little island minding my own business and God whispered in my ear he said I love you in that rock your world I came back, and I stood on this stage, and the place was silly packed that day. And I said, you know what, if I knew that pastor in this church, I knew that pastor in this church would ever stand in the way of me having that relationship with him. This is why I got in. This is why I gave my life to Jesus. It's why I chose to follow him. And if I knew that that would stand in the way of this relationship, I'd quit today. And my wife knows I've I've done that. I've quit on a Sunday morning in front of God and everybody. Because nothing is more important than the relationship with Him. Can you hear Him? Can you hear His voice? I'm talking to you, followers of Jesus. Can you hear Him? was the last time you were just quiet? That there was a time set aside you were just quiet. And you just said, speak. Whatever you want to say. Voice of conviction. If you want to whisper and tell me that you love me. Whatever. Just speak. To hear his voice, you may have to set some boundaries. You may have to decide there's no email before 8 o'clock in the morning and there's none after 8 o'clock at night, which I think still is ridiculous. What are we doing at 8 o'clock at night? It's so important.
1: <laughs>
0: and while you're setting boundaries when we have to, to delete some apps, I was watching uh, golf yesterday afternoon. We had a busy, really busy weekend. Yesterday afternoon, I was watching golf, and, and uh, Martin Keimer is, is uh, in the particular tournament they're playing this weekend, he's uh, he's the lead dog, so they were asking him all kinds of questions, that's what they do, they want to build it up, talk to the guy, and they said, man, you know what, what's your secret, you've not done anything for a number of years, you haven't won in a few years, and now, wow, you know what he said, he said, this is, he said I've cut out social media, Facebook, and he named all these things, he said, I've just cut all that out, he said, why I needed, I needed to drown out the clutter. I needed to remove the clutter. I was I was watching, um, golf channel. I don't know. It's, it's like golf channel and Jesus. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad God can take a joke. Um, so anyway, there, there was this young lady from the LPGA. You know what? You know what she said? Was talking about her success, she said, I've I've, "I've I've decided to take away all the clutter." taking away all these social media and all this stuff, all these voices that get in my head. I thought, how come, what, what's wrong with us, man? How come the church, Why we all, how come we're not talking about this? So am I telling you to go home this afternoon and delete Facebook? Well, <laughs> I think we'd still survive without it. And if you've been tweeting, some, some of us have been wanting to tell you for a long time, we don't care about your tweets. <laughs> now you're wondering if I'm talking to you, right? We, we really don't care. We're praying that God will just take it away from you. That's what we're praying. Deliverance! Because you're driving us nuts. But here's the question: I'm just, would you be willing? follower of Jesus, would you be willing to say nothing is more important than hearing the voice of God, and it's going to be a whisper. So I've got, I've got, to, I've got to crowd out. I've got to get rid of all the distractions. I got to get rid of all the noise, so I can hear him. Oh, well, he's speaking. I promise you, he's speaking maybe here this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus and it's a supernatural kind of thing but maybe for the first time what you've heard this morning is the whisper of God who has whispered in your ears and he's told you that he loves you I love you I'm crazy about you I just want a relationship with you I just want you to give me your life I want us to walk together and we're going to talk about this it's going to be so much fun the next few weeks to spend time with him to be quiet to let him speak so maybe you've heard him and he's, he's just whispering in his ear your ear this morning he's told you that he loves you and maybe right now you haven't been a follower but you think shoot this thing is real I know I've been trying to tell you but maybe for the first time you've heard His voice, and, and you're ready right now just to give your life away, give your life to Jesus. That's you. And uh, maybe you'd pray a prayer, something like this: Every head is bowed, and your eyes closed. Maybe you'd just say, "Wow." Maybe it's just one of those wow moments. Wow. God, you're speaking. You're speaking. I hear you. For the first time in a long time, I hear you. I hear your voice. So I'm just telling you that I believe in you. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. Jesus, you went to the cross and on the cross you died. You shed your blood to pay the penalty for my sin. You're awesome. I know you're alive. I know you're alive. I feel your presence right now. And I ask you to forgive me of my sin. And I just want to fully surrender my life to you. Thank you for your awesome love. Everybody look this way. So, uh, I have the best team in the the whole world. Uh, So, I just thought we need to go back and do that song, Whisper Again. You should feel really good. We did it three times in the first verse. And I hope that maybe since we've done the message, I don't know, maybe it'll make more sense. But here's what I I just want you to experience Jesus. To just open yourself up, create a quiet moment,
1: and allow Him to speak. Oh, why don't you guys stand and sing this with us?